dude, man, tell me I don't look legit. I've got my backwards straight Bill Hornets hat. I got my uh, my uh, my green hoodie and my blacked out green, well, teal and purple Hornets basketball shorts. Looking fly, dude. Did you see the waist too? <laughs> you know. Like- did you see yeah, the waist? Yes, I did see the waist. The yes, thing is, uh, is that like I have never like Googled '90s dad, but if I did, I, I'd imagine it would just look just like this. Hello, and thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at MovieGuysPodcast.podbean.com. Finally, after all these years since 1999, 2000. One of my top five favorite filmmakers is getting the recognition he deserves. With the whale, Aronofsky, Brendan Fraser, a renaissance is here. Eric, how the hell are you doing? Excited to talk about the Wale. This, uh, it, yeah, it's dumb. That was, I, I, I heard somebody do that online. And I was like, that's so dumb. And then I, I of course, just just out of uh, just funny boned uh you know, dead humor instinct, just go right into it. Yeah. Yes, The Whale. Uh, this is uh, the follow-up to Darren Aramofsky. What did he do before this, Mother? Mother. We reviewed Mother, and I liked it. My brother liked it. You didn't seem to like it. I enjoyed it until I found out that there was no hidden message. It was just him making a making a movie about the Bible. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is his Bible trilogy, if you will, because this the one before Mother was Noah. Sure. Is the whale mm. part of this? There's a lot of religious imagery in this. I mean, he flies up into heaven, if you will. Uh, there's religious thoughts with um, Jehovah's a of, Witness. A lot of Bible. You know? Yeah, a lot of... Yeah, uh, a lot of Bible stuff. A lot of forgiveness. Right. Um, I am... I have always been, and I'm like I said at the beginning of the episode here, I'm so excited to talk about Aronofsky in this film because kind of like to clarify more, I have loved this guy's work ever since the beginning. I first found his work, I mean, right freshman year of college. Like 2001, I was a freshman, and sorry, freshman in high school. 2001, I was 14 years old, and a bunch of people were passing around this little movie that just came out in DVD called Requiem for a Dream. Uh-huh. I loved it. Fourteen-year-old oh, Jordan loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, I thought it was spastic and crazy and over the top and ridiculous, and just fell in love with it. And then I found out my movie store actually had his first film, Pie, or based off the Book of Ants. So I watched that one. Didn't like that one. Hated that film because I didn't understand it at the age of fourteen. You know. But then as I get older, film schools, older, older, older. I've seen all of his films. I've seen all of his films in theaters since they've been released, or if I could see them in theaters because some of them are not widely released. I am an Aronofsky fanboy. He's from Brooklyn. He's awesome. I love his work. I'm sorry. That's it. I'm not. I'm not stop stroking. No, him he there. he certainly has a unique way of uh, capturing the story. I was introduced also with a Requiem for a Dream, uh, which was based off of. Is that an Irving Welsh novel? Uh, Herbert Shelby Jr. Uh, oh, Herbert Shelby Jr. Excuse me. Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, based off of, uh, uh, basically the, the times that was, no, oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of train spotting, right? Probably. Uh, Danny Boyle. Yeah. Sorry. Heroin movies kind of in that time are, uh, kind of popular, right? <laughs> it was, 
Um, I thought. Anyway, I, I don't want to get sorry. Into sorry, no, no, I'm getting confused. That yeah. was uh, you introduced to Wrecking for a Dream, and uh, boy, that was quite a movie to to kind of get through. It was one of the best movies I never would want to watch again. Oh, I've seen a hundred. Is times. is the best? Yeah, you know, my sister has as well too, and she's also the ones that would like um, rewatch Johnny Darko all the time. Or what was another one that was incredibly depressed? Thirteen. It, it it's oh just, yeah yeah I was like I don't understand why you, somebody would want to watch these movies they're they're horribly depressing and uh, they don't leave on a good note it's tragic at the end I can understand why a lot of teenager boys might want to watch Wrecking for a Dream uh, especially for that ending you know what I mean you the, know what I mean the virgin suicides yes there was this uh, period of time in the late nineties early two thousands where we got these kind of movies you know he kind of fallen for me because after record him he went on and did the fountain with hugh jackman which was poorly received and i mean One of he my made favorites, two by the way really seriously you like the fountain I, I well you know what it was it was because it introduced a, a style of storytelling that i enjoyed and okay, gotcha. that's where I didn't like Requiem. I understood it in The Fountain, or at least what his, his beat was, his kind of the way he likes to um, sequence things with a kind of a, a, an overlapping view to an, or, or I'm sorry, underlapping view to an overlapping story. You know, so gotcha. there's, there's a big overarching story that he has, but he'll provide it with little glimpses of imagery to complement that story, to kind of uh, piece things together. Gotcha. I, okay. I, I hope I didn't get too. No, you're fine. I mean, like, I'm not gonna. This is the end of my Aronofsky stuff here. Um, he he almost had his big Oscar moment with the two movies, The Wrestler and Black Swan. Black Swan was a really popular one for him. Wrestler, not so much as popular, but Black Swan caught kind of catapulted him. And I loved his work. So when I hear that Aronofsky has a new film that he's been working on for ten years called The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser and the chick from Stranger Things, I'm interested. Oh yeah, I'm interested. Um, is I don't want to talk about Brendan Fraser's past with the producer. I think that's already kind of been talked about in the media, and I don't really want to harsh on it. So my question is: Do you think? Do you believe in this renaissance? Is this renaissance a thing, or is this this the flavor of the month? Uh, I I hope it's a thing. It's going to give him a lot of work, especially. If he wins the Oscar for for this, I'm quite sure. But I remember because he's getting a lot more interviews and a lot more notice that he did an interview. Oh, was it Howard Stern maybe again? Where uh, he had asked him about the Renaissance, and uh, Brendan Fraser was just like, "Well, I that's funny that you call it that because to me, I've never stopped working. Like I've always." I've constantly been working. I never stopped. So for you to say that, you know, I fell off and then came back, you know, he's like, I've been here this entire time. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Aronofsky will disagree. Aronofsky have said that he, he wanted an actor that was a star that's no longer a star and make him a star again. He said he couldn't put Brad Pitt or Leo in this part. I mean, you could have, but yeah, the face definitely takes out or it puts you into a lot of the environment, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it has to be the right face because otherwise you're just going to be seeing Brad Pitt do it. You won't be seeing uh, Brendan Fraser do it. But uh, as much as I did, he definitely became Charlie in this movie. It was... I, I, I felt like I knew this person. Like I knew this yeah. character. 
Yeah, no, that's that's one thing I'm going to talk about this. Um, I'll go ahead and just start off with the Batman. This is the movie that the power of the dog that we loved last year was trying to be. Oh. What I mean by that is I think Power of the Dog is a great film, and I think people need to really watch it. Uh, Eric, you and I have praised that film time and time again, right? Oh, yeah. But wonderful, this, wonderful movie. But this movie, I, for some reason, this movie is more commercial, and I don't know how. Um, and I feel that the movie is shot a little bit de uh, different, probably because of Aronofsky. I feel that this movie is getting the publicity that Power of the Dog wish it would have gotten. You know what I mean? Well, the the actors aside, I think uh, the story of it as well, too. You have Power of the Dog, and that's quickly brushed aside as another gay cowboy movie, whereas, the sorry to say that, um, as good as the story but, is. And uh, as the other part of it is the endings on both, whereas The Whale, even though it is kind of an open ending, you kind of already know what's going to happen. They've very much solidified it in the entire part the opening of the movie uh, you know uh, they pretty much show that yeah he's he's probably gonna die at the end of this movie does he One really week. yeah it, it doesn't really um, yes he died yeah he died. yeah i mean obviously it doesn't show hey nobody no death <laughs> and uh, whereas in power of the dog was that closure wasn't there that you wanted it to be this it gave you a complete story it, it opened with the issue with the problem with the situation and it gave you the the week to uh, see this person overcome these issues. Right. Um, I want to talk about right off the bat, elephant in the room. <laughs> well, no room. Um, there you go. I want to talk. I want to talk about the makeup. Um, Brendan Fraser said that there is no CGI whatsoever. Uh, it is all prosthetics. And he said after he took off the suit every night, he would have that vertigo feeling because of the weight. He said that he interviewed people. And the reason I'm bringing this up is he he interviewed or talked to people that were heavier set like this, and he realized one thing they all have in common: they are physically strong. Because oh, you sure. have to be to carry that kind of weight. Um, let's you know uh, let's let's go a little crazy here. I thought the makeup was wonderful. His 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 chin, like his big chin, was amazing. Um, I loved how his stomach was so heavy that it almost practically touched the ground. I mean, just the makeup on that alone. You know, it was a good detail to to have, especially um, when you take into something like his posture. Right. Because more commonly in Hollywood, you kind of see, I don't want to, I guess I will comp compare it to like a nutty professor, like the clumps. It's, that's a very cartoony comparison. I know there, right. there, there are many others because it's a very serious toned movie, but there are, are uh, others that um, kind of show it not necessarily as a disability, but more as a trait, as a characteristic, uh, or a feature of a, of a person. But this it is it shows that it is debilitating, and it's it sucks. It it really does suck, and it's it's more than just kind of you know living and, and getting around. It's um, a chore for, to to eat, breathe, and for the people who have to deal with that too, who interact with it. It's uh, it's. It's a good view. It's a good kind of look into into that, a good highlight. So I have to bring this up, right? My wife loves – she doesn't love, but my wife does skim through my 600-pound life. I have barely seen an episode, not interested in it. I have not really met people this big in my life, right? So I don't know how it is. 
Uh, what I love about Brendan Fraser's acting in this is that he seemed, I don't want to say sexually, but he seemed satisfied, maybe orgasmically, when he would eat. Like you get to see in his face, like his face was selling that he was happy. He oh, was in Zen. It was. Um, I believed him. It was the the breathing too. Oh, uh, I know. And not even just like the the wheezing, but when he would eat, it, if you want to call it that, just kind of inhaling a lot of this food. But the way that he would kind of like inhale, as he, you know, through his mouth as he was eating, but in the mm-hmm. same bar in the same bite, almost like exhale through his nose, and just the noise that it would make as he like chomps down and exhales at the same time. Ta- uh, at the same, it was time. gross. It was, it was very disgusting. It's detailed, and it feels like. They really, you know, sound editing and mixing really amped up those those slurps and slops. Well, while we're talking about slurps and slops, let's kind of talk about the movie. So we have Charlie, and he's a recluse, and he is an English college teacher uh, doing online schooling, and he always has his screen blacked out because he's ashamed of what he looks like. He has an ex-wife. He has a daughter. Um, find out or jump, jump around to kind of build the character, but finds out. Uh, that he left his family for another man, one of his students that he fell in love with. And this fellow student that became his lover, what grew up in uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, I believe, right? And mm-hmm. he he was in love with Charlie, but he couldn't because of the religion, blah, blah, blah. Boyfriends up killing himself. And he, Charlie then takes it out on himself by eating and eating and eating. And he refuses to go to the hospital. He saved all this money as $100,000, and he wants to rekindle uh, with his uh, daughter because he has one week to get to pretty much make amends. While this is going on, the reason I'm bringing this up, all the movie, is because he has his – well, I'm going to say his home nurse. We don't know who the character is right off the bat. What is her name, his friend, the nurse? Oh, um, uh, Liz. Liz. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I love Liz in this movie. And we find out later that Liz is the sister of Charlie's uh, ex-lover, and she's taking care of him. She is the problem in this movie. She's an enabler. My wife kept on saying that last time we were watching. She was like, she's an enabler because the scene I'm talking about is she comes over and helps him in the beginning, and he's struggling to breathe, blah, 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 blah. And then eventually they're relaxing, they're watching TV, and he says, Liz, Liz. And she, like, is ignoring him. Yeah, Like, she knows what he wants, and he's just like, come on, Liz, come on, Liz, and the camera doesn't move. You're going to see in the background a bucket of KFC, and I look at my wife, and I go, she's going to give him the whole damn bucket, isn't she? And she just gave him the bucket, and he got sexually, like, satisfied, like, the grease all over his mouth. Like, it was just so interesting to see this character be like, oh, my God, I have chicken. Yeah. You know, like, because I don't live like that. So I, it's hard for me to know, to understand or, this. Or to eat uh, like two pizzas like, like that. And oh, and he would do it like a pro to fold the pizzas on top of each other. That's how you I've do it. I've never saw that. That's like a college thing, man. I would, yeah. Well, when I used to work at the tire shop and like we were busy and they'd have to, you know, order pizzas, when you were, you know, when you had to eat in two minutes, that's how you, that's how you would do it. You fold the pizzas <laughs> together and just kind of, shove it down down. yeah exactly but he seems to be doing it for a different reason so well yeah because later in the film too he likes eat like a meatball sandwich or whatever and he starts to choke and he's inhaling it and she like throws her whole body on him oh god yeah to do like a full body check to try to hide on that yeah 
and, he, and it, the food comes out, and I could feel Liz's anger where she's like, will you chew your food like a normal person? Like, just like just belittling him, degrading him. I don't think Liz likes him. I think Liz is here because she feels like she has to because it's uh, he is her brother's ex-lover. Well, I think they have a bond, too, over the hatred of her family and uh, kind of what religion that they are what they are in so they they have a bit of a bond over that right right oh okay um i, I don't i don't know I, if it's excuse me anything more but maybe she uh, it just seems like she doesn't like him you know what i mean because i can i can tell she's frustrated with him i can tell that she wants to take him to the hospital but for just i mean frustration happens to all of us i get it. so I think, I, think, I think she wants to help, and she doesn't know how. Why enabling by giving him a bucket of KFC? Got to get that colonel. He was one step away of Cartman snorting the skin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, is that gravy? You cut this with Boston Market gravy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, man, I, it was just gross to get. Cause, so um, I'd say two times, two people in my life. There was one who I worked with who was very, it was a big, big guy. Not this big because Brennan is also very, very tall. And uh, these two guys that, that I worked with, uh, one was about my height, the other one was shorter. But, man, they were just like, they had to have special chairs, they had special cars, they had special clothes, you know. Uh, it was it was just crazy. Um, special. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was different to kind of see in, in that life, just to kind of see him walk around and uh, try to move and breathe. But uh, the one guy it was in college, and he was an apartment complex. He was a neighbor. And I have to remember that uh, um, it was the hygiene part that I remember the most. Like, oh, yeah. you know, because they had a few different pairs of clothes that would be like probably their their better clothes probably because they weren't as worn or yeah. you know they, they maybe they covered or maybe they were absorbing a little bit more so this maybe a moo moo yes, yes with some floral pattern so they would wear uh kind of their the same parts of clothes which i'm sure is already another thing too because clothes are probably expensive when you have to buy you know in a, in a bigger part but it was just uh oh there were parts in this movie where you could see like the dust you know or like the right. sweat marks he constantly right. had a sweat uh mark on his back or on his pits but there should be like kind of on under you know the folds a bit more Ooh. uh i'm glad we don't get to the smell i'm what, actually yes i actually want to talk about that too i want to talk about how this movie he he is gross in his appearance but aronofsky decides not to show every little bit which is what i was happy about because if you have a lesser director i feel like a lesser director would say okay let's show the audience how gross he is by pooping you know what i mean like just not have a thought just be oh gross and it's like no we get it um the beginning of the movie i have a complaint about uh, and the reason why i do is because the I, movie did open up with something disgusting he, so Yes. Well, I, well, is it disgusting? Because I don't, I don't, I just don't understand why. So, the movie opens with Charlie masturbating to gay porn. Halfway through masturbation, he he starts to have a heart attack. 
So my question is, why is the director deciding to do that? Couldn't he have a heart attack by eating a bucket of chicken? Couldn't he have a heart attack by going to the bathroom or standing up? Why do we have to have the masturbation machine? Just to show, hey, everybody, he's gay. No, I, I think... Is there a reason? Uh, no. By the way, I, this is one of those situations, by the way, in the movie where his sexuality does matter. It 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 does matter for the character. And I just want to say, because uh, it, it, it helps other characters... I'm sorry, it affects other characters and it affects the plot. Uh, whereas other movies, they just throw it in as a razzmatazz to fill their quota. And I think that's the problem. But this uh, served a purpose. I that point of the uh, of this part, the opening, uh, I think was to show, as we were introduced to Charlie, at a very low low in his life. Right, like this is a pretty big low. Right, he's all time the probably the fattest he's ever been. He's about to die fat. He's alone on the couch. He's watching porn by himself trying to masturbate it looks unsuccessfully almost dying and then a stranger a jehovah witness walks in to you know it is it's a low point and i think right it was intentionally setting that bar there for this character so that we can get the rest of the movie is is not going to be pretty yeah it's it's um yeah not going to be that sunshine way. Okay. here but gotcha. Actually, does interesting. End with sunshine. It literally ends with sunshine. Like literally. He, yeah. Um, he lived in this two-bedroom apartment. Actually, the apartment doesn't look too terrible. Meaning, like, just the layout of the apartment. Like anybody could live there. It doesn't look like he's not a hoarder. That's what I'm trying to get at. No, it seems uh, pretty open and yeah you know, well maintained um, for for the for the most part a lot of space where do they in idaho they're idaho? in idaho uh they're in idaho and i find it very interesting too that he's on the second floor yeah i noticed that too oh god um he has a second bedroom and the second bedroom is locked and that was his partner's bedroom i have a lot of questions about the partner before we get to jehovah's witness and the daughter we find out in the middle of the movie, eh, towards the end kind of, that the partner committed suicide, jumped off the bridge. It wasn't clear to me. Did he commit suicide because he was a gay man and he didn't want to be because he was Jehovah's Witness? Because they said that he lost a lot of weight. Did he have cancer? Because there was a line where they said he lost so much weight I, I, didn't, I didn't recognize him. You, you know, uh, I will admit, and I, as I'm kind of trying to read up a little bit more about this, um, the Who's his brother? What's his name again? His brother. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Liz's brother, his boyfriend. Yeah, the boyfriend. I don't know if the boyfriend had a name, did he? Yeah, he did. Did he stay nameless the entire time? Either way, uh, that his cause of death was never... They said that he jumped off a bridge at the end, though. But... He, he was, it was a jumping off a bridge? That's what I heard them say. He jumped off a bridge. Okay. Uh, I they had been very vague uh, about it for up until that point, as I remember, right? Uh, intentionally so, and maybe I missed that part. So thank you, you, thank you for helping me out there, Jordan. Hey, for the first time ever, movie guys history. Uh, I was just curious though, like what you thought on that one. Like, it, was it because 
he was upset that he was a gay man because of Jehovah's Witness. And uh, I don't know what. There's so many I different think it was interpretations. Just pressure. That's what I'm getting, I guess, from all the other stories. Then he had pressure from his family, pressure from the church. Pressure from just overall society of being uh, who, who he was, uh, him trying to find a way in his own uh, meaning of life and probably getting ridiculed for that in lovely uh, Idaho. Hey, there's potatoes there. The progressive uh, Boise. Hey, 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 don't talk crap. There's potatoes uh, and I'm Irish. Yeah, them and their, and their blue stadium. Yeah. Uh, or bluegrass <laughs> stadium, right? <laughs> uh, um, how do we feel about the, uh, the Jehovah's Witness? I thought he was a thief. That's what uh, I thought his character was. I think his character was going to get so deep. Um, yeah, neither did I. And I, I'm kind of really... Uh, I, I enjoyed the character, this this guy. But I really am trying to, to find more of a a role for him. Thomas is his name. I don't really understand what overall his purpose was in this movie. I understand the end part was that um, uh, Ellie's sabotage was uh, of him uh, was uh, interpreted by Charlie as to be a good deed because you know he's like, hey, you're you're helping. You're you know you meant to to be. Uh, malicious, but um, you have to know that you are still acting. And I think that's what his purpose is, was telling everybody. He's just like, e even if it's hate-filled, even if what you have to say is a negative, you should say it. You, you know, say something real. Say something that is honest. Say something that is genuinely you. And right. she did that. She acted. And she did something genuine. And through uh, through her, I guess, through the result of it, something good happened. It wasn't her intent, maybe, but it's still, through her actions, something good came of it. I think something good came out of the fact that he stole money. Ellie helped him out. Yes, I agree with you on that. And I want to talk about Ellie, too. Um, boy, did Ellie and I relate. Oh, boy. Because of your red hair? Yeah, yeah, and my being my pretty and my pretty uh, uh, high school sophomore good looks. No, no, I understand where she's Both coming from. Take pictures of dead dogs. <laughs> well, not to that extreme. Um, I think she's playing a character. I think she's trying to portray to the world who she really isn't. I think she's a, a nice character. I think that she uh, is not this character. I think she's putting on a mask. No, I just, I guess, just where she's coming from. I can relate. I mean, like, sure. I haven't seen, I was eight years old, you abandoned me for somebody else, and now out of nowhere, you want me back, and you're offering to pay me $100,000? You're nothing to me. I'll take your money. She she was that way all the way to the bitter end. All yeah, you, you know, I, I, I will have to admit is that because she plays uh, Max in Stranger Things, and right. uh, she's she's really growing on me i I'll, i have to admit i really did not uh care uh for her in the uh as the first introduction in in max and stranger things uh i felt like she was going to be typecasted i think she is so far this is kind of the same character mm. this this kind of rebel uh different path uh teen girl but she's no millie bobby brown yeah uh but uh 
but she uh she's very good in this movie she's extremely good so um, yeah I, I i cannot argue that i want to talk about my favorite scene in the movie uh which is not the scene that everybody knows from the trailers and blah blah the scene where i felt it i felt the dirt i felt the stink i felt the hatred um i felt everything when he had the argument with the ex-wife yeah that, that scene was... is that scene is dirty uh, you know yeah. what i mean like you could just feel like the just the trailer park on these people <laughs> you know you could just feel it all due respect to people that live in trailer parks i'm just trying to say like it, it was a great argument it feels like a legitimate married couple who's gone through a divorce argument what was that um, Adam Driver movie, wedding marriage story? Uh, the one with uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, marriage story. Yeah, yeah. I'd they say uh, that. that that same fight. You know that that same kind of passion that that heat that goes into those words. Right. Uh, really sinks. Right. I I, I believed her. Um, she uh, her vice his vice is food. Her vice is alcohol. Right, so she has to go and get vodka from a cabman and talk to him. She has to smoke, you know, and and she just really seems like one of those uh, diner moms. Can I fill up your coffee, hun? You know, like that kind of. <laughs> I mean, down to the jacket that she was wearing or that robe oh, yeah. or whatever it was. Yes. Yeah, I loved it. Loved it. Um, I. I don't know what else I can say about the fight. Like, I just liked how it started innocent. They had a moment, too, right? Because that happens a lot with a couple that's been with each other and know each other for a long time, right? Like, you start nice, you start tearing each other's head off, and then there's a moment where you have bliss with each other because of a memory that you both share. And then you go back to tearing each other's head off again. And that was their moment, right, when she lays on his chest and they talk about the beach and, and all that stuff. And she and she smiles and has a metaphor with them, kind of like with the relationship. Love the fight. Yeah. My wife wasn't too keen in the fight, but I I, I enjoyed it. Um, we've gone through everything. We really haven't talked about Liz much. Uh, her family was a part of what do they call it? A new life? Is that the church? Yeah, that's Je right. Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I just I just want to ask because I didn't look it up, and you're a smart man. So when I was in school, uh, before high school, I went to school with a woman. Her name was Stephanie, uh, little like my daughter's age when we were kids. And every time there was the Grinch or something holidaysy, she had to leave the classroom. It wasn't until we got older that we realized that her fa family was Jehovah's Witness, and we were and we were explained okay. in class. We were explained in class. That a Jehovah's Witness believe that Jesus hasn't actually came yet. Like, I mean, Jesus didn't die on the cross. That, you know, like, it didn't actually come yet. And because of that, you don't celebrate your life because you haven't lived yet. Jesus hasn't come. You don't celebrate holidays. You don't celebrate your birthday. Your sole goal is to spread the word of Jesus and to get to save as many people into heaven before the rapture comes. Is that pretty much? sums it up is that what they believe because that's uh, a part of this movie that's why i'm asking yeah also yeah nope and that's why they don't celebrate birthdays that's why right because because you're not alive yet yeah so i mean you i think you probably nailed it more than i could <laughs> so then what's the point of having children <laughs> uh 
Oh, uh, I guess that's just a little side effect of uh, of the other act, right? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I always get them and Mormons confused. Um, you know, is this movie... You know white people. They're all the same. They're all the same. Is this movie better than Mother? Yes. Both religious movies? Is it? Is it just because... Of the yes. Yeah. I guess... Uh, I... I... That's, but how is this movie better? Because than that, you know, that's me being biased because I, I like. But that's subjective, Jordan. Do you like Mother more than this movie? Sometimes, because what I like about this movie is that it's a small cast. It's pretty much a stage play. It's all in like one room. Right. It it doesn't move around a lot. I think the acting is really good. I think the acting is just as good as Mother is. It's just the reason I'm comparing it because they're both biblical films, kind of. Uh, biblical themes, if you will. And you had Jennifer Lawrence, who was hot in her career when she made that movie. So I'm just trying to like compare. This was Javier Bardem after the big thing of so Skyfall. What? Uh, where's the biblical uh, themes that are matched in, in this movie? I, I know that they brought up a lot of uh, religion and things about faith and uh, of the like uh, at times, but were there any... I know Darren likes to kind of include some scenes or words in his movies that are uh, very to the point. I think it's about not accepting who you are. Well, and, and not what accepting... did he say? There was, there was a moment that I, and I remembered this too, um, especially because it, I always want to rewatch it, knowing what I know. Uh, the entire time when we were introduced to that poem, or I'm sorry, that essay, that he was being read to, or that Thomas read read to him. Uh, I didn't know where that essay was 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 from. But then we go into a bit more about the sob story about his his you know boyfriend uh, partner, and then how he he's a teacher. So I made the guess that that essay was maybe written uh, by a you know his the boyfriend, yeah, his partner, or maybe it was uh, of someone else. Um, I was. Uh, pleasantly surprised to find out at the end that it was written by his daughter the entire time. That, right. uh, yeah, and you know, just tears basically come coming down after that is uh, uh, that whole scene where you know he stands up and she. Yeah, that was reads it. that's the part that got me right because earlier in the film, she was like, "I'll help you stand up and walk over to me without uh, without a walker. Stand up on your own and walk to me." And he couldn't. He failed. But at the end of the movie, he's clearly dying of a heart attack here. I mean, it's it's happening. And she's reading the poem, and it's calming him down. And he stands up. And that's what gets you teary-eyed because you fight for the one, you know, you love. Kind of kind of like the Eminem line, right? I'm sorry, <laughs> Have you Mama. Ever gave a, I never meant no. to hurt you. Have you ever gave an arm for someone or whatever? No, literally gave an R for, you know, that one. Like Toy Soldiers. Yeah, like boom, boom. So no, I just I uh, that got me. Uh, and of course, he, he looks up. We get the big beam, if you will. Uh, Charlie is going uh, to heaven. But is this movie going to get large bags of popcorn? Uh, what do you talk about, Dan, the pizza man? Uh, do we? I mean, Dan was just a pizza guy. He always would drop off pizza, right? And then he would put the money in the. I mean, I try think, to put the money. I think Dan and his students represented kind of like you know what i actually um had a a, a lot of uh, kind of reflections of in this was um the elephant man 
Oh, yeah. Have you okay. Ever that movie. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's uh, that's a. Uh, is that is that David Lynch movie? Uh. Yeah. It, it, uh, Anthony. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Hopkins and, uh, yeah. Dude from Alien. So. What's his face. Uh. Yeah, in that because it's it's to the character, you know, they have this this, uh, I guess condition, but they're still this genuine person. They've learned something from it, and it's yeah, it's a it's a it's a moment where, no matter uh, how nice or how human that they can be, there's that reminder, right? That they're, that they're still in their own world. That they're still not made for this world it's interesting it's it's interesting themes and like that's why i want to say with our popcorn ratings that i well i, I think it what i'm trying to say is that it's another reason why he i think welcomes death i think he welcomed death at the beginning of the movie i think he was just trying to make amends for everybody but that's to like reassure the audience a bit more a reminder is that his decision is you know, kind of made for him almost mentally every day or, you know, affirmed for him every single day, uh, confirmed for him every single day by everybody. Sure. Fair enough. You don't want to do a popcorn rating. <laughs> you like to talk about this. You like when I get I think that was it. I think I wanted to, to cover everything that I wanted. I mean, <laughs> we wanted to talk about Thomas a little bit, but I, again, I really don't have anything to say. I don't know if, if removing him would have done, uh, I don't think good. it was necessary. I, I think you know what it would have been. Um, you're right. I, I, I he had served two per uh, two uh, purposes. I think in the film, one for Liz to yell at, and mm-hmm. one for Ellie to manipulate. Yeah, and he was a very manipulative character, right? I mean, like she made him smoke pot, and when no, she he, got, he just seemed like a lost guy that it was just kind of you know. Which made me feel he was that. a thief or something. All right. Did you? I'm sorry. Did you ask me? What yeah, my, no. What so my I, was, was? I was. I was going to do it first. Oh, sure. Go ahead. Go so this one's clearly a large, and the reason why I'm, I'm giving it a large right off the bat is we all know the cocaine bear. We haven't reviewed it yet. Is going to be a large. There's a scale of larges for Jordan, right? Sure. Cocaine bear is going to be absolutely amazing. I know it. You know it. Everybody that knows it. Scream Six is going to be amazing. All oh, these are going to be larges. Uh, this movie is, is a large with so much seasoning, so much butter, right? I mean, like, I mean, this movie is legit. Uh, this is this this movie goes with the hype. Uh, if you have not seen it, see it. Um, this is a very adult film. Uh, I don't know if teenagers would watch should watch it. I mean, like, it's a very adult film. You gotta pay attention to it. It's a very uh, slow film, but that's that's what I like about it. It does nothing, really. Like, there's no action parts. There's nothing in it to make you uh, go, oh, my God, this is great, right? There's no, uh, there's no fast X with it. This is just pure human drama, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, I, I, I am not a part of the Renaissance. I just think that this was a movie that was made for Brendan Fraser, and I think he excelled in it better than the actor that is also nominated for an Oscar for Elvis. Um, but overall, it's a large bag. Uh, I think it's one of the best films we're going to get this this year. Not the best. The year just started, for God's sakes. But it's, it's it's probably one of the best. So, yeah, large bag for The Whale for me. Eric, what is your popcorn rating for The Whale? Uh, definitely agree. It's, it's yeah. large. It's just 
yeah, it, it's just good. Like, I, it, there's not a whole lot to argue uh, about the movie. I, I said that really my biggest would be Thomas, but again, he's he served a dual purpose. Uh, maybe just less camera time from him, from him doing this whole uh, let me be your savior type of thing. He didn't need to to be a developed character. And mm. from that, maybe you could have cut maybe 10 minutes out of the movie. Uh, or maybe there's more to it that would have added on to an extra half an hour to this movie to make it um, something else. Who's to say? Not me. But either way, uh, it was well acted, everything. Uh, but it was just it was just great. It's a memorable movie. Uh, I think he's going to get the Oscar. He cried in this movie. And typically when you cry and nominated, you're going to win. This is a la Sean Penn, a la Monique, uh, a la Meryl Streep. You know, it happens a lot. So He's been crying a lot. He was crying when he was on uh, Graham Norton, the British talk show. He's, I think, very grateful. This is, again, the, 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 the renaissance of him uh, in the media and the press release, where the nostalgia wave has kicked in of people being like, hey, where are these people that were so prevalent in our childhood like oh they're they're doing this they're doing that and yeah it's nice to see that uh his story was uh not necessarily a cinderella story but it it has its marks right sure it does no it's it's fine it's cool i mean i i don't think of him as a relic of the 90s i i thought he was always something is there anyone that you would like to see make a comeback though besides Adam in, Sandler. In the same way. Well, what do you mean? Happy Gilmore 2, maybe Billy Madison 2, something that looks like good no, instead no, of Hubie no. freaking the, Halloween. Okay, that's first off, you don't talk that bad about yeah. Hubie Halloween. Okay, it talks that bad about itself. <laughs> also, we're going to be reviewing, we will be reviewing Hubie Halloween 2. Uh, that's. That's we got Murder of, Mystery 2 coming up. Murder Mystery 2, another one. But yeah, I don't, I mean, he did Uncut Gems. Like, he's he's doing fine. He makes okay. Netflix movies. I would say, like, uh, someone who's maybe not been heard of in a while that is going to come back. And... What about uh, Thomas Everett Scott, the dude from uh, American Wolf and Paris? Oh, that's what's up, man. How about that's All right. What's Eric Stoltz doing? Oh, Eric Stoltz, Fly 2. He almost was doing Back to the Future. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Stoltz would be great. He always feels like drunk dads. The last time I saw Eric Stoltz that I can remember, and I've probably seen him afterwards, was the drunk rape dad from the Butterfly Effect. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, or um, uh, Crispin Glover and Hot Tub Time Machine. There we go. Yeah, Crispin Glover, haven't seen him in forever. That would be great. We can go on and on. I would love to see Mel Gibson and, and Denny Glover going back at it one more time. I mean, Mel Gibson's in uh, Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home too. Yeah, he's 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 getting ready to make his next Jesus picture. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, the whale overall is great. It is the hype. It's really cool to see a director that I've followed for twenty three years. Wow. I, and I and I watched him for for his filmography. I think it it yeah, it just fits. It does, and it was cool today. Um, during lunch, I watched him on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and the first thing he says was, this is my first ever late-night talk show interview. And I was like, oh, good for you, Darren. I've seen you for 23 years. Good for you. Good for you. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up after we're done. Yeah, it was that. cool. But good for you for downloading this episode, everybody. Appreciate it. Especially you in California. I've been seeing you guys this year downloading us out there in the West Coast. 
Um, I am trying to do the West Coast Tupac sign. Can't really do it. Uh, West Coast, what's up? Uh, that's that that is as hood as I'm gonna get right there. That was guy. great. Yeah, you like that? No, not at all. But it was great. Hey, nothing but gin and juice over this way, big guy. Oh, regulate. <laughs> regulate, isn't that isn't that East Coast? Anyway. Um Regulate Warren G? Funk, buddy. I, okay. That's anyway. L- LBC. That's, that's Snoop. Okay, we're yeah, okay. getting we're, we're getting the podcast. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much, everybody, for downloading this most recent episode. Please make sure to go to movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. We're going to get many more of our episodes. Or you can just continue with us, continue listening to us on your podcast apps that you uh, download us from. Thank you so much. And like always, Eric, thank you much for joining me. And we'll be back next Thursday for another awesome episode. Have a good night.